Welcome to Mindful Mostly. I'm Andrea Collins, and I'm pretty into mindful living. I mean, mostly. I strive to live my healthiest, most mindfully motivated life, but I am not perfect at it. For instance, Friday night, I ate two brownies, pizza, cheese, two martinis, and watched reality bites in my yoga pants. It's my Friday night. You know, when I was watching Reality Bites, um, Janine Garofalo works at The Gap, and it reminded me of how badly I wanted to work at The Gap back in the day. Are you with me on that? I remember going in with my resume and applying and thinking, oh, these people are so cool. Oh my God, look at her in her cool Gap jeans and her cool striped gap top. I'm never going to get a job here. And you know what? I never did. (laughs) I just wasn't cool enough. It's true. I got a job instead at Roots, which was Roots before it was cool again. So it was like, it was like working at Northern Reflections. But man, (laughs) can I fold a sweatshirt? That is what dreams are made of. So pizza, reality bites on Friday, but I balanced it out by going for a super long run on Sunday and eating some kale salad, even though after I added like cheese and a little bit of rice to it and and like a bunch of nuts, it probably wasn't that healthy, but whatever, balance, you know? If you are digging this show, subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. That is where it's at. So once you subscribe, you just scroll down a bit and you can leave a review. Also, a shout out on Instagram. The address is at Mindful Mostly. And I want to see who's listening, what you're doing when you're listening, or what makes you mindful most of the time. You can also DM me with show ideas or feedback, whatevs. Just hit me up. On today's show, I got to say pretty stoked. This is a biggie. Mastin Kip is on. Now, he is an author, an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker and founder of the dailylove.com, which is huge. Also, Oprah recognized him as an up and coming thought leader of the next generation of spiritual thinkers. Are you kidding me? How major is that? His latest book, Claim Your Power, a 40-day journey to dissolve the hidden blocks that keep you stuck and finally thrive in your life's unique purpose has just been released. It's a step-by-step guide to identifying and dissolving what's holding you back. It's going to help you transform your life as well. And so that is what we're going to talk about with Mastin today. He is going to tell you how to identify what is blocking you from success. What most commonly holds us ladies back from what he has seen, how to get unstuck, and how we should look at our goals. Sounds good, right? (laughs) First, though, it's the Soul Nugget shout out, and this one comes from Brittany Michaud. It says, your intuition knows her shit. Damn right, Brittany. And lastly, this one. Love it. He asked, what's your favorite position? I said, C 
E-O. show it is the one and only Mastin Kip what's up howdy Andrea happy to be here today thank you so much for having me now uh you're kind of a big deal I love your story um Mastin if you don't know he's the creator of functional life coaching best-selling author and an up-and-coming thought leader of the next generation of spiritual thinkers according to Oprah damn right <laughs> A that, lot to live up to. I'll do my best. Yeah, that must give you, you must be shocked every time you hear, th- hear that. Because I know your story. You were a regular cool guy living in, in California. And the next thing you know, boom, you know, Oprah calls you one of the spiritual thinkers of this generation. What does that feel like when you hear that? Um, I mean, to me, it's it's surreal. And I mean, you know, I used to be in the music business as a manager. And so I do my best to sort of separate who I am from the billboard. I you know, never believed the billboard, right. um, but I do my best. And, and the only the only time I really utilize that is like if I'm meeting with my team and they're very clearly right and I'm wrong, but I don't want to admit it yet. And I say, well, you don't understand. I'm the awakened one, according to Oprah. <laughs> and I, I just I use I joke, you know, and they all kind of go, oh, my God, whatever. You know, and they move right behind right beyond it. But <laughs> other than that, I don't really think about it too much. It's a, a total honor. Um, but I just do my best every day to kind of show up and serve and um you know, the billboard and, and the person, you know, try my best to match it, but, you know, I can never live up to that stuff. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Well, I like your humble, your humble way about it. Um, now, can you tell us a little bit about your story from where you, I know you talk a lot about hitting rock bottom and then getting to where you are now. Can you tell us a bit of that story? Sure. And also just for context, you know, especially um, adult learners, they want to know why am I listening to this person, especially if they've ever heard they don't know who I am. So just for context, um, what I help people really do is figure out what's blocking them. And usually it's a hidden thing that they, you don't really know that you have. It's a blind spot. And how to really um, discover and heal what's called like a root cause emotional trauma and find meaning in whatever pain you've had in the past. And when you do that, you tend to kind of line up with what your purpose is, what your passion is. And the benefit of that is, you know, finances come, you know, romance tends to happen. Um, you have great relationships. You tend to get the general sense of well-being, weight loss. There's a lot of uh, studies around how purpose and, um, you know, just general well-being and it can extend your life, uh, peer-reviewed research around that. So that's really what I'm about. And the reason why I'm about that is because I didn't have that. And um, I, I had the opposite mm. of that for many years, especially when I was younger, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. My definition of success was go to Hollywood, be rich, be famous, be powerful. Um, and in the context of today's, uh, you know, sort of conversation around the Me Too movement and what's happening in Hollywood, you know, I wanted to be in proximity to the power players. And I had no clue that, you know, what was happening behind the scenes was happening behind the scenes. I just wanted to be able to, you know, be important and be significant. And after, you know, getting my dream job at about 22, I was a senior vice president of A&R at Geffen Records, which is a, was a major label uh, position. Um, I lost that uh, job. And um, it was everything I was working towards since I was like, you know, 12 or 13 years old. It's what I wanted to do with my life. So at that point, it was about nine or 10 years of focus. Um, And uh, it was gone. And I found myself asking questions like, what's my purpose? And feeling like my purpose was gone because I lost this job and I lost what I was supposed to do. That's when you start getting into kind of like suicidal, dark thoughts. Um, and one morning, like early morning, 2 or 3 a.m., I was kind of like thinking about kind of like binging on drugs and alcohol and just had this really specific insight that, you know what, it's time for you to feel as good off the drugs as you did on the drugs. 
And then that brought me to sort of like learning into personal growth development and all the personal growth material. And thanks to all the recommendation engines on Amazon and iTunes, basically consumed all the books (laughs) very quickly. (laughs) Like I did drugs essentially. And just thought to myself, where was this information when I was younger? And so I thought maybe I should just bring this information to the world and I, you know, to talk about how old I am. Like I shared my first inspirational quotes on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, and I was like the quote guy around Hollywood and eventually it sort of just turned into sort of, you know, this blog called the daily love that published mostly other people's stuff. And then finally I kind of fell in love with, uh, with helping people in coaching and started my own coaching business and create a type of coaching called functional life coaching, which is about root cause trauma work, emotional trauma. And, uh, my mission today is to really help end emotional trauma in my lifetime and help people just make that a thing of the past. So, mm-hmm. Um, it's a, been a very interesting journey and anything that I share or ask you know, my clients to do or the instruction or the, the concepts or things that I've gone through through my own experience. So I don't ever ask anyone to do stuff I haven't done myself. And um, for me, it's just like, let's just get through whatever's hurting you and learn the lesson through that so that we can help you move forward quickly yeah. um, and not be victimized by anything. And so that's kind of what I'm about. Sometimes it's hard to, A, know your purpose. And I'm, I'm yeah. interested to know, like, did you know when you were, you know, doing the drugs and in the music industry, did you know that this now would be your purpose? And would you say it's your purpose? Oh, hell no. Yeah. No way. Like, I got dragged kicking and screaming by my intuition, life, the divine, whatever you want to think of it as. Like, you know, something like was like, no, this is what you're going to be doing. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's cheesy and stupid and ugh, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> You know, I want to be the cool guy in Hollywood. And it, that just never really worked out. And the more that I sort of just started to do this work, I mean, I was the reluctant coach. Like, there are people who start businesses today that want to be like like celebrity coaches. I'm like, what? Like, I don't want to do that. I, I got dragged into this very reluctantly. But what kept me here was when I started working with people and seeing the transformation and seeing like, you know, people reconciling with family members they haven't talked to in decades. Um, people, you know, um, healing, uh, stuff from childhood. I was like, this is awesome, you mm-hmm. know? And so I just really fell in love with the transformation. And then I started to see, I'm a six or five white guy from Kansas in the upper middle class. Like I grew up with not that many problems. And so when I started to work with clients, mostly women, I started to hear, you know, I've had a front row seat to sort of the, the me too movement for the last decade of hearing stories. Mm. And I was like, Who, this is what, like what happened? Cause I had no context of that in the body and the gender that I am. Um, and so I thought like, wow, I can actually really help here. And what's been ironic is over the last decade, our clients have primarily been female. 97% have been female. So I'm a, I'm a guy who understands women fairly well um, and works with primarily women to help them you know, find meaningful work or start a business and uh, create great relationships. And purpose is a big deal because purpose typically is found um, through two things. One, looking back at some of the, the hurt and the pain and realizing that if you find a different meaning or context for what you've been through, you can actually turn it into something really beautiful and great. And then the other way that you tend to find your purpose is really looking at the problems that you want to solve and that you'd love to solve and that you're passionate about solving. And somewhere between what you went through and the problems that you want to solve in the world is going to be your purpose. And when you focus on that stuff and you serve folks, um, your survival tends to be effortless. Finances tend to come. And anyone who's really like loving life and anyone who's really engaged in life and and living that knows what I'm talking about. And people who aren't, they think I'm crazy. Like, what are you talking about? But 100% this is true. And we've guided, you know, thousands of people through the process of sort of healing their past and falling over the problems to solve. And that tends to be sort of the sweet spot. So I guess, like you were saying, it's these blocks that hold us back and in in what you just mentioned it's it's once you identify what they are and sort of rewrite how you're telling your story you can move forward but how do you 
truly figure out what your blocks are in the first place? Well, so I'm different than a lot of my predecessors and you know what's sort of popular in personal development because a lot of people will say, you don't need to know what happened. You just need to tell a different story or something. And I think that's malarkey. Um, you absolutely, what I've seen is categorically with client after client after client, when people understand what's stopping them and why, they can have compassion for themselves instead of like making themselves wrong for having a limiting belief or guilt or shame or doubt. They can say, oh, of course I have that based on what I went through. Anyone who went through that would have that exact same thing. It was a great coping mechanism. It helped me survive. But you know what? Yesterday's medicine has become today's poison. So let's just like be grateful for how far it got me and then say, you know what? I'm ready to move beyond this and realize that if I move beyond the fear of whatever I think is going to happen, I'm not going to die. I'm not, this is not going to be some rehash of, of something from the past. I'm actually going to be provided for and I'm going to be okay. That is a beautiful journey. And so functional life coaching and the claim your power process basically is a 40-day process. And the reason why I wrote the book is because I've been working with people in private practice, uh, primarily in retreats like in Bali and Maui and uh, high-end coaching groups. And for a decade, gained these results. And I thought, you know, like this can't be reserved for people who can spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. This has to be for everybody. And so that's why I wrote the book as a framework to sort of take people through the process. And what's so cool is that it's very, um, it's very efficient. Um, it's not something that you have to sort of like do therapy for ten years to figure it out. Like people can do it in a couple of days. Uh, the first few days are just kind of like boom, like it takes you there. So if you're willing to sort of like slow down for a second and look at you know, what's blocking you, you'll get the result. And one little sort of disclaimer is that the work is for people who are really ready to transform and change. If you're just looking for like to upgrade your coping from like, you know, drugs and alcohol to like meditation and quinoa, but not really do the work and just kind of like relieve the pressure. Like I'm not your guy. I'm the per what I'm really good at is helping people who are ready to change, who have tried a bunch of other stuff. Say, you know what? I, I just want to get the result. That's what this process is really all about. So mm. there's also a level of um, a willingness on the p behalf of the person who wants to go on the journey to actually go on the journey with us. Yeah. Now, you, since you say 97% of your clients are female, what is something that you notice we all butcher ourselves about? What's a common theme? <sighs> I think the. I <sighs> I think the greatest impediment that I've seen, and this is just me experiencing and observing. Um, this is not a, a declaration of um, like a, a, sure. ma a male point of view. It's just like I'm, I'm reporting back like the data, right? Yeah. I think that consistently women have this uh, belief that they have to compete with men mm. when in fact they're in their true nature, they're way more powerful than men. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so I think that the biggest block is I have to compete or be like a man because it's a man's world versus let's just create a different world uh, with different rules because, you know, feminine intuition, feminine cooperation, um, feminine leadership, uh, that is extremely powerful. And let's be real, like every man came from a woman. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, like no man can give birth to anything you know we just we're hanging out for a couple seconds and then we don't really be we're not really needed after that and in biology and in the world a lot of different species you know the female eats the male after they procreate so you know <laughs> I think that um, the comparison to men and saying I have to be like that is probably the biggest thing that holds women back because in their true nature they're far more powerful right that's really interesting when it comes to getting unstuck, okay, so you're in this place, you've had the victim mentality, um, you're not in the situation, whether it be career or love life, whatever it may be, financial, that you want, how do you get unstuck? Yes, great question. Um, so the first thing you have to understand is getting unstuck is sort of like losing weight, right? 
people have this idea that like if I go to a seminar or read a book or listen to an interview like this, that magically my aha moment will be enough to carry me for the rest of my life. And I'll never have to do any work again, um, which is kind of like saying, well, I worked <laughs> out once on Saturday. Where's my six pack? Right. So right. like getting unstuck is a process and it's not something that just happens. An aha moment is not enough. A breakthrough is not enough. It, you have to really get to a point where you're ready to dedicate your life to a, to, to a lifestyle of really shifting out of you know whatever it's been. Um, so otherwise, what's going to happen is you're going to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. And at some point, just get frustrated and just stop. Um, so if you have a, a lifestyle mindset and you're going to realize that this, this is going to take some time and you view it in, as a training process, just like you know, a weight loss um, experience or any type of, you know, marathon experience. You don't just like do like run for half a mile and thinking you run a marathon the rest of your life without ever training again. So there has to be sort of this um, lifestyle mindset. With that in mind, the first thing that you have to do is have compassion for yourself to realize whatever has been keeping you stuck is not, there's nothing wrong with you. The part of you that's keeping yourself stuck just wants you to survive and wants you to be okay. And that's how we're all wired. As soon as you admit that and accept that, there's usually a relief of like, yes, that's true. Then the next thing you have to look at is, well, how has that part of me shown up in all the different experiences and helped participate in keeping me stuck? Mm. Um, and when you start to look at your part in things, that's when it's like, you know, kind of humble pie, right? Mm -hmm. Because what you start to realize is like, you know what? Yes, maybe this relationship was a toxic relationship, but I decided to stay because staying here and playing small served me in my survival. Mm -hmm. Or I decided to stay in a soul-sucking job and not leave because, you know what? I was too scared to face the uncertainty of having to start my own business. And when you start to like own how you're showing up in different areas of your life, then you can really start to take your power back and start to change because you can make a different decision. If you're focused on blaming something or someone else or a circumstance or your finances or the government or a political party, um, you're never really going to be able to live the life that you want. You've got to start to look at how you're engaging and responding to the stimulus and the circumstances of your life. Mm -hmm. And then from there, what you got to do is you got to start to really make a daily effort to start to do contrary action. And typically that comes from having a mentor of some kind who knows the road ahead, having a soul tribe of people who believe in you that are not your peer group of people that aren't asking you to stay the, uh, stuck. And then, you know, listening to interviews and, and, and uh, podcasts like this and filling your mind with, you know, you know, higher level conversations and being in proximity of people who are having those higher level conversations. But then you have to actually put, you know, pen to paper or like foot to the pavement and actually do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And um, that's basically how you do it. And it's one step at a time. And one thing that I tell people, which they don't like at first, but I think it's important to lower your expectations in the short term and raise your expectations for the long term. Because what happens is we set these big goals in the short term, we start taking this action that's way beyond what we can handle and we get overwhelmed by it. And then that overwhelm, we stop and then we beat ourselves up for stopping and then we just stop. So if you can just actually lower your expectations of what you can accomplish in the next 30 days, you can increase your expectations of what you can uh, do in the next year. Right. So those would be some very practical things I can share with you. Yeah. So like small changes, just like the way you would start a new exercise routine or a diet. Like you don't, they always say, don't change everything at once because then you'll fail like little bit by bit. A hundred percent. And, and I think that like what you said about it, it's a process, you know, your book is claim your power, a 40 day journey. So <laughs> yep. it, it takes time. And, and once you identify what it is that's holding you back is when things really get moving. I heard this quote that blew my damn mind, Mastin. It was <laughs> yeah. people live the lives they're willing to tolerate. Yes. 
And that just really resonated with me because it's like, it's true. You're your own boss. You're your own leader in this situation. So you got to turn it around and start saying no to things. No is a very powerful word, isn't it? It it, it is absolutely a powerful word. And and the thing is, is that there's a there's a there's a fame. Everyone knows pretty much the fight or flight response whenever there's a a stressor or a fear. Um, but there's a, a less well-known uh, survival response called mend and attend. And the basic idea is if I can't run from it and I can't kill it, maybe if I take care of it, I'll live. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is is that when you, when you start to say no to something or somebody else, if you've been in that caretaker role for a period of time, your entire nervous system is going to say, if you say no and you focus on yourself, you will die. And you've got to learn to basically call BS and say, no, I won't. We tend to overestimate threats because of, you know, just sort of chronic stress that we're under. But essentially, you know, you're not going to die if you start to choose yourself, but it's going to feel that way. And when people understand that, they go, oh, this is normal? Yeah, that's totally normal. You're not having a panic attack. You're just, your nervous system is like, whoa, what are you doing? You're completely messing with my certainty. Mm. And so if you can understand that, you know, it makes it easier to say no. And then I guess that becomes becoming more comfortable with that feeling of uncertainty that like anxious feeling in your gut of oh my god did i just ruin this for myself you've got to get <laughs> you got to get comfortable with that cuz that's how change occurs yeah i mean you know uncertainty is the name of the game and you know what's interesting is that you know if you actually look at the data if you take away all the sensations of the news and what's happening today the actual data is that we've never been more healthy we've never been able to live longer we've never had more abundance globally than we have right now, life has actually improved. What hasn't improved is that all this technological innovation that's happened is actually uprooting the like dormant trauma that like as a species, we've just sort of swept under the rug. And so what happens is when you start to, you know, expand in the uncertainty is that you tend to overestimate the threats, which is why there's so much anxiety and depression in the world today is because people, you know, th instead of thinking like the lion that's going to jump out of the bush and eat me and I should be worried about that, they're like, what's this person saying on Facebook? But we think it's like the same response in the, in the, in the nervous system. So if you can just start to realize that like you're probably going to be all right no matter what happens, like you're okay, um, you know. Uh, depression, anxiety tends to lessen as you start to take action towards what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. So it's about really underestimating the threat and, and starting to overestimate uh, your own potential and ability versus overestimating the threat and underestimating yourself. Right. Wow. Wow. I, I think I, I find a lot of comfort and I know some people find the opposite in when people say it's all going to work out in the end. I, I love that phrase. But some people go, well, you know what? What if it doesn't? You know, it's some, some people don't find solace in that belief. Um, what if it does? What if it does? Exactly. Now, I want to continue this conversation. So we're going to bridge you into the next episode as well. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. No problem. Amazing. Okay, great. Well, then we'll have you back on the podcast next Monday. Thank you, Mastin Kip. Have a good week. You too. Catch you later. Okay, bye. Thanks again. Mastin Kip, what what a good guy. Hey, you just want to call him up and like go for a beer and like have him give you profound life advice. Great person. He's the kind of person you want to take advice from. Do you know what I mean? And that's why he's going to be back next week. He will tell us how to find your purpose, which is a lot harder than it sounds, right? Plus, how to get an emotional workout. Fitness 
for the insides and secrets to romantic relationship success. He's been with his partner for nine years and he says, yeah, I haven't figured out everything in the world, but this one I think I got. So if you're someone who you find that you've had a series of short-term relationships, like they never get past a certain point, um, he has a theory as to why that would be and how you can really, really make things last. Now, when it comes to um, the challenge this week, And what we should all do before we have episode part two, I should say, of this Mastin Kip conversation is identifying what some of our blocks are. Okay, so maybe you know that one of your blocks in relationships is that you have issues with jealousy or you are really insecure about some part of your body and getting to that always brings up issues. If you can identify what those blocks are, maybe you get nervous talking to your boss, um, you don't want to ask for more. Let's really take a moment to be silent and think about it. Think about what those blocks are. And I feel like this would take a couple of revisits. You know, maybe you um, this week think about it, write down a couple of things and then go back to that list throughout the week. And uh, I think that's probably a good way of, of getting a little bit more clear on it and thinking a little bit deeper. So journal that one out for a few days. Until then, subscribe to the podcast. Join the crew on Instagram at Mindful Mostly and tune in on Friday because that's when I drop your Mostly mini-sode. And I have a lot of fun doing that one. You guys are loving it too. It's, it's kind of just like we shoot the shit for a bit. Maybe I got another soul nugget in there, maybe a bit of a challenge for the weekend, but we just kind of like talk it out, right? Talk out the week and talk about what we're going into for the weekend. So make sure you subscribe and join us next Monday for the rest of our chat with Mass and Kev. Have a good one. And thanks for listening to Mindful Mostly.